We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Monday NBA DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, we are approaching the end of the NBA regular season. There's a, a bunch of interesting uh, playoff seeding matchups that we're kind of watching right now. I mean, our, our Bucks have made a valiant effort to vault up the NBA standings yeah, yeah. in the Eastern Conference. They are tied with the Atlanta Hawks and the Indiana Pacers for that fifth sixth seventh seed right now that's what we're kind of looking at i think that's an interesting thing to bring up when we're talking about dfs because there are teams that are really that need to compete to stay in the playoff hunt playoff seedings and then there are teams that don't care at all and can just experiment and throw out whatever lineup they want or whatever player they want to score 70 points i'm looking at booker in particular Uh, is there any in in those matchups like that you really are eyeing up for dfs purposes i think it's just interesting yeah like we talked about that that fifth through like ninth almost seed yeah, in the, in the yeah. east is is so close between between that group of of players and i actually think if you look at those teams i'm almost wanting to go with the superstars of those of those teams i think rather than you know if you look at you know the teams in the bottom feeders you're looking at young guys that um maybe that, that you want to get more reps like with the lakers they they've been changing up their lineups trying to get some younger right. um younger guys but i think with with these guys in the these te- or these teams in that that middle five through you know eight that are, are trying to get that seed still i'm actually i'm almost more you know going at those all stars like the, the superstars of those teams because i think though they're going to be the more the more relied upon players well let's uh, make it let's make it a little easier for you so we know at least eastern conference that the Cavs, celtics wizards raptors have the top four seeds likely locked up yeah, now yeah. what order that ends up being we're not quite positive but i think you're both 
we're both in agreement that those guys are going to be there. Um, I'm not so concerned about Cavs guys potentially sitting, even if it's with the first place of the Eastern Conference on the line. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. But let's go ahead and break down. Who do you think of the Hawks, Bucks, Pacers, Heat, Bulls, and Pistons? Well, I guess you could throw the Hornets in for that matter. We'll make the playoffs. So that's that's four seeds of what one two three four five six teams that we mentioned who do you think will make the playoffs of those of those guys i'd probably say the bucks and this is going to be in order right oh uh, yeah we'll do it in order okay um, actually I'll, if we're doing an order i'll probably stick i think the hawks i, I have a feeling they're gonna Even they're gonna bounce back. straight yeah there's no way they continue to lose like that they're, they're a playoff team they've been a playoff team for how many years in a row i i definitely see them bouncing back i think the hawks are going to stick right there uh and then i do think the bucks will be that that six seed I'm looking at the Heat for the seventh, um, and and I think it's this. This is the hard one for me. It's going to be the Bulls or the Pacers for that eight, but I'm almost I'm almost leaning, leaning a little little more towards the Pacers because that that Bulls lineup is just always it's always so weird. I don't know that their whole Rondo deal, yeah, Wade being out true. for the season, you know, Butler. I'm just not I'm not too sold on them and um, I think the Pacers might might sneak out that eight seed in the in the end for those of you who aren't the privilege of just looking at the NBA standings right in front of them um, Ben is suggesting that the Hawks who are again tied with the Bucks and Pacers at 30 and 37 and 36 overall um, will take the five spot with the Bucks then slotting it at six he has the heat who are, th- uh, well, I guess two games back of the Pacers, maybe two and a half back of the Pacers, jumping over the Pacers to take them as the seventh spot. And Pacers would then be falling, I guess, in this in your rankings yeah, yeah. to get the eighth spot. And the Bulls are currently tied with the Heat with their roster. So you'd have the Bulls falling. And the Pistons and Hornets are one and two games back, respectively, if we are going off of your rankings for that. I think I would go Bucks as the five seed, and I guess it's maybe a little bit of homerism, but I like I like that they're they're really they're going hard and Chris Milton yeah, coming back. Yeah. That's really added a different dimension to both their their scoring output, but really in particular the three point shooting output. It's been able to space the floor for them, and I really think that they will make a five spot. It's more so that I think the Hawks are free falling a bit. Now I agree with you; they won't continue to lose seven straight games or whatever that ends up being. Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Millsap being out is a huge indicator of where that team needs to score from, and and we're kind of seeing a bit of red flags with that with that injury. Yeah, in place. yeah. I could definitely. Now, he hasn't been out for all seven games, obviously, right. but still, seven games lost. That's a big deal, especially when we're nearing the end of the season. I think that they could realistically even fall to the seven seed, which means I would probably put the Pacers as a number six seed. That's how I'd probably rank this right now. Now all these teams play each other. I think at least once more before the end of the season. At least at least once. So a lot of this can change. But I'd probably go Bucks five, Pacers six, Hawks seven, and then to get that eight spot, I actually think the Bulls might get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I mean, the Heat have been perpetually injured, injured all season. So the fact that they are able to even get this close is a pretty cool thing to talk about. And I think that that goes to show that Spolstra is indeed a pretty elite. NBA coach Um, but I think that this has shades of a little bit of what Bill Simmons would call the Patrick Ewing theory when Ewing was out the Knicks actually did better and I think that (laughs) with Dwayne Wade out the Bulls have kind of made a rally up the standings just a tiny bit Rondo's getting his time and I think we're seeing Miritich actually make a whole bunch of three-pointers now uh, which is helping space at their floor just what I was talking about with Chris Middleton I think we're seeing a little bit of Jimmy Butler now expanded we're talking about superstars is it there a better superstar out there? So we have Giannis of these Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, yeah. And then wouldn't it be Jimmy Butler of the Hawks, Pacers, Heat? 
I would, yeah, I definitely Jimmy go Butler. De- definitely Jimmy Butler, and maybe Paul George sneaks in there, right. third or uh, side I white side. Would put or, Paul Millsap once he's healthy, true, to be, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. above yeah. Paul George, and let's not knock Paul George. I just think uh, Millsap is perpetually underrated. I'm not going to allow that on this show. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Jimmy Butler is the second best superstar of that, and I would I would put him up there. Like I think that that warrants them getting that eight spot over, say, a Pistons over the Hornets, over the Heat, too. So I would have Jimmy Butler and the Bulls getting that eight spot. And if they face the Celtics or Cavs, I don't think it really matters. They could take a game in that series, but yeah. we're projecting a little too far. But, yeah, that's how I'd rank it. Bulls, I'm sorry, Bucks five, Pacers six, Hawks seven, and Bulls number eight. So you're thinking, like, if there's a slate of games that includes the Bulls, you're you're definitely considering, you know, Butler, especially now that they're fighting for that? Not so much not so much Butler, but I think guys like Miritich, uh, okay. Denzel, Valentine, yeah. who has been shooting a little better at three point range. Rajon Rondo, I love, especially in DFS purposes. Even a guy like Laverne, um, I always say his first name wrong, but like Joffrey. Joffrey, Laverne, yeah. Yeah. The Bulls have to play their most optimal lineup. They can't afford to experiment. They can't afford to sit a bunch of guys. So when I'm looking at when I'm looking at these Eastern Conference standings, we can target these teams because we know they have to play X player a, a little bit more than they want to if they want a chance to win. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to bring up who is fighting for the playoffs, whether it be the Bucks, Pacers, Heat, Bulls, Pistons, because they have to play their best lineup. I suggest I think Wednesday, Contavious Caldwell Pope for the Pistons when we had done our podcast is a guy that they have to play because the Pistons need to win. And I, I mean, I think he got close to 25 30 minutes from that but he didn't he didn't do very well in that matchup so it was a bust for a dfs play but that's that's the thing i'm trying to target you have to play guys in order to win they're gonna get x amount of minutes potentially they'll be doing well if they're gonna be winning right so yeah better odds for dfs that's that's the game i'm playing right now that's the way to look at and and we're targeting eastern conference in this conversation because the west kind of it's kind of locked up for the most most part i mean we have the top five seeds already planned out warriors spurs rockets jazz clippers then we have the thunder grizzlies trailblazers rockets of that's really the trailblazers and i'm sorry trailblazers and nuggets fighting for what would amount to be that eight seed i think yeah i think that's really the only thing that's up for debate right right right. and for me that means that the nuggets really can't afford to experiment but in the in the same instance they weren't expected to be here no they weren't expected to be anywhere close to here so they can afford to try and do some more crunch time lineups. They can do some changes because who really cares? And they've, was, yeah, they've but, already kind of had to too because there's so much, so, like so many injuries. They've they've flipped everyone on around. They've kind of done their experimenting. They know where guys can play. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know for that, DFS purposes. I think that's kind of what what we're alluding to that the Eastern Conference. I mean, there's going to be teams that you know have to play their stars, have to play the best lineup, whatever that ends up being more often than maybe some of these other western conference teams too right right so i think that's that's probably the best way to look at it at least for dfs purposes uh something to consider as the season starts winding down i think we have what maybe 13 games left if i'm doing my math off the top of my head i think less for some teams i think we're yeah yeah i suppose i might even be down to single digits for a couple of these exactly yeah Yeah. so i mean it's just something to consider when you're putting together your dfs lineups also uh slates of games are now kind of being spread out as we get closer to basketball season i know that NBA schedule makers were taking into account 
March Madness too. So right, right. Um, we're starting to see some of these smaller games. As today, we have a six game slate. So um, yeah, something to consider when you're doing your DFS lineups. Let's go ahead and get into our whole DFS portion. We'll talk first about the perfect lineup from last night. Um, I think it was a five game slate. If I have my memory, it was actually ten. It was. 10 it was. Slate. It was okay. one of the biggest wow. Sunday slates we've had for I think, a all Sunday year. game. Yeah. That's fascinating. With a ten game slate, well, that makes it even more impressive that we see a guy like Russell Westbrook slot into the ten game slate. So Kemba Walker was our first point guard. He went against the Suns, seven eight hundred. He's a guy that we like to use quite a bit when we've been putting together our DFS lineup. But Russell Westbrook going against that the Rockets. I mean, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. That was a, a dynamite matchup just to watch. But Westbrook, considering his twelve thousand nine hundred price tag, is very interesting to see slot into the perfect lineup from Sunday's ten game slate. We saw Lewis Williams shooting guard going against the Thunder. That's the opposite of that matchup. His forty three hundred price tag is interesting to me. Um, we can kind of discuss a little bit more. Alan Crabb going against the Lakers thirty eight hundred. Uh, a near minimum guy that I mean you have to have in your lineup if we have a Russell Westbrook as our perfect lineup guy. Yeah. Trevor Ariza going against the Thunder five thousand. Good to see him finally manage to make his way into the perfect lineup. Andre Iguodala forty eight hundred. He's been priced accordingly with that Kevin Durant injury kind of finally getting his minutes against the Grizzlies. Amir Johnson who we've targeted in the past um, when we saw Al Horford out. I'm not even sure if that was the instance in this case, but going against the Heat at 3,800, he was a guy to target. Anthony Davis was the other high-priced guy in yesterday's lineup at 10,800. Probably no surprise that he exploded with DeMarcus Cousins right. out. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, something to keep in mind of, if Cousins does miss extended time, Anthony Davis has been doing very well. And then Miles Turner against the 76ers, 6,500 his price tag. Turner's been one of those guys, if we're talking, again, Eastern Conference, I would target him more often because I think the Pacers have to play him. He's one of their best players, and he's done well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I, honestly, the first thing that that jumps out to me has got to be Westbrook. You know my love for Westbrook. Yep. <laughs> Yet another triple doubles, thirty sixth of the season. You know, it definitely looks like uh, he's going to average that triple double at the at the completion of the season. Um, so, in my opinion, he's easily should be the front runner for MVP award. Um, who cares about that? <laughs> that's what I'm like. Who cares? I, I just I just had to get I, my Westbrook MVP I plug know, in there. I, I needed that's it. That's not DFS worthy at all, Ben. But no, I I, I needed to do it. I understand the prestige of the mvp i I get it um and i i also recognize that westbrook's having a hell of a season yeah i think harden has too i think Kawhi leonard has too and lebron james has too like it's it's i'm very thankful i don't have to make a vote right like nothing nothing that i say matters as pertains to this but if i had to probably pick one i think i'd probably go james harden over Russell. i just i I can't even i don't even know what to say to that there's it just blows my mind that a guy can average a triple double for he's like the the second person ever to do it and the first guy didn't win the mvp either oscar robertson and that he got shafted too i'm sure <laughs> I, I i agree I'd like, it, yeah. isn't it a tomato tomato kind of thing if you're arguing who's the mvp this year westbrook or harden yeah i mean it's probably both players are probably making history in one westbrook specific didn't win it yes you would be yeah okay so that's not that's not tomato, tomato. well i mean that's that's that's, like that's probably because i'm more of a fan of westbrook than most people are but you just smushed my vegetable fruit reference. <laughs> I, I I can't believe you stepped on that. I'm so hurt. Well, I just you, I don't I don't know how. I just uh, doesn't make sense to me that Westbrook is not far and away the leader for MVP. I get that Harden's had a great year, but Westbrook triple double average like that used to be something where if someone had it every five games like oh man this is awesome yeah he averages it yeah that's fair that blows my mind isn't isn't winning also kind of like an important part of this and to be to your point the thunder are currently a six seed in the western conference so he's single-handedly carrying them but the rockets have 10 more wins than the the, uh than the thunder this year so that's i think where we see a bit more of the argument is that 
the Rockets realistically have a chance to compete for a title where I would be stunned to see the Thunder in a position of that. Yeah, and he's just got players around him, unlike Westbrook. So Westbrook's single-handedly doing this without no, no. fantastic, fantastic players Westbrook around him. Westbrook has players around him, too? <laughs> not, I mean, not, not to the caliber of the Rockets roster, in my opinion. Really? I don't think so. I, okay, so, again, this is not so much DFS, but I think this is an interesting basketball conversation. I like Patrick Beverly as a defender. Yeah. But he doesn't give you anything really from that point guard spot. Fair. Yeah. Ariz is a great three and D guy, but he hasn't done that much more than say Robertson. Um, yeah. I guess as a shooting guard, but still, I think Oladipo is, I think a better scorer than Lewis Williams in my mind, but it, it's not too much of a difference if you were to argue one way or another. And Steven Adams, we know can actually be a very, very good uh, center at almost borderline elite i would say at times when he's given that opportunity but westbrook's just taking all of that like in his quest for the triple double he's kind of sucked up everyone's career on the thunder and and spat it back out whereas the rockets have had a chance to to be more of a functional team if that makes sense i mean that's fair i i I I don't think you can say the rockets have that much better of a supporting cast than the thunder i think i really think they do i think that at least around harden and the type of player he is the roster around him makes more sense. Like they're they're all three point shooters. They all can hit it. That they all supplement what Harden does well. I wouldn't say that necessarily is what the Thunder roster is. I I, I don't think they all supplement what Westbrook does that well. I don't know. Old Depot. I'm not that high on him. Um, like you are. I, th- I think he's way overrated for what for what he does. Um, Roberson doesn't do anything. He well, just has his defender, defender. sag. I mean, that, he has his you, own defender sag off him and clog the but lane. But you can't discount what he provides on the defensive end. Right. I mean, we're just talking, I know we're just talking fantasy and stuff, but he's a fantastic defender. There's a reason that he starts on the team. I know the Thunder wouldn't want a guy that just gets his defender sagged off entirely unless he provides something else on the court. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, Robertson's a great defender. So is Trevor Ariza, and Ariza can actually make the three-pointer, or at least he did it career-wise. So, yeah, and that, Beverly, like he, he can do more than just play defense too. But I, I think well, he's more yeah. of an, way more of an asset than like a guy like Roberson. I just I don't know. So I, I just think the, the, the Rockets as a whole have more, more. I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. I, well, they, they just have a better roster. Yeah, and that's probably because they've had Harden. They've had James Harden, and his this iteration of him on their roster longer, where we we haven't seen Russell Westbrook get to this height until Kevin Durant left. I think. Yeah it might take a few years to really see what roster you can develop around Russell Westbrook. Cause you're talking about what's his skill set. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what he does best. Probably drive to the paint, create his own shot. So what, what kind of roster do you put together when you have a guy like that? And I think it, Kobe Bryant, kind of like with the Paul Gasol stuff where you can do uh, pick and rolls when they won those two championships. I, that's what I think of, but I, I guess I don't really know. We've spent a lot of time talking about <laughs> MVP and I wasn't even anticipating this. Uh, just going back to that perfect lineup. I think the most surprising thing to me was Lewis Williams popping off there, even with James Harden playing. I know that he had a sore wrist, which kind of affected the whole thing. Um, and he's down. You know, really, Harden didn't really have a down day in shooting percentage, but I just thought he would be willing to show up more of that Russell Westbrook matchup. Um, and that really wasn't the case. Cause he only took 15 shots. And that was 137 to 125 game. Yeah. So the fact that Harden wasn't a bigger part of that, but Lewis Williams was, it was a bigger surprise to me, I guess. And I think that the injury is more to note because if Harden sits around that 12,000 range and he's still suffering from that sore wrist, 
I'm staying away from him. Definitely. Even with a dearth Definitely. of a shooting guard options available, I'm staying away entirely from James Harden. Yeah, I think that that's a great point to make. You know, injuries are going to be another factor, whether it's playoff seedings or injuries that either way, that's something you're going to want to take into mind, especially for a Rockets team that's locked into the playoffs. Why, why push Rockets right. inj- or exactly. Harden's why injury Harden. too far um, and, you know, and risk an aggravation or something like that. So definitely something to consider. It's true. Well, let's, let's break down the Monday six game slate. We saw the Pistons and Knicks tip off at 7.30. Magic Raptors, 7.30. And then Cavs Spurs will be at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Thunder Mavs, 8.30 Eastern time. Grizzlies Clippers, 10.30 Eastern time. And rounding out the six game slate will be the Pelicans and Jazz at 10.30 Eastern time. Before we get into the injuries, and there actually are quite a bit to, to take into account for this slate, let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsors. FanDuel Baseball is just around the corner. Don't get stranded on first base without a RotoWire subscription and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today and you'll get a free sixth month RotoWire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com uh, slash RotoWire to claim the prize. Must be a new u- uh, new FanDuel user in order to be eligible for this though. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. Okay, let's get to some of the injuries here. Starting right away with the Pistons and Knicks. We talked about the Pistons being a potential Eastern Conference playoff team, but it's actually the Knicks that really are suffering from injuries. In particular, Carmelo Anthony, who's missed the last two games with a knee injury. I, I'm going to have a hard time saying this name throughout the podcast, <laughs> and we're going to say it a lot. Yep. I have it even pulled up just so I can try to get through it. Uh, Mindauis, uh, sorry, Minduis Kuzminskis, right? That sounded pretty good. No, I think that sounded horrible. Don't be nice to me. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's probably the best name pronunciation I've heard from you on that type of name. Yet, is that, is yet that, this is that a compliment or is that like a backhanded <laughs> thing where you're like, no, that's, a no, that's actually horrible. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, he's, he's played the last two games. I think Kuzminskis is going to actually be a fantastic DFS option for a third straight game. If Anthony misses. And frankly, I'm expecting Anthony to miss because what do the Knicks have to play for? They, they want to tank. Yeah, I they mean, want to lose, right? And they've already talked about limiting, you know, Mel's minutes already exactly. before the injury, so it, it makes sense to hold him out and, and try something else. I I like Kuzminskis a lot, given that the Pistons are still competing, but I think that you're going to have opportunities for rebounds, points, whatever it is, uh, cross category production from that small forward spot. Yeah. I like it a lot as a different play. And on another news, Lance Thomas is a game time decision. He's missed the last two games as well. He could chip away at Kuzminskis minutes if he plays, but I'm not really expecting Lance Thomas to play. No, I, I, I don't think so either. Um, it's more interesting for me for, you know, keeping Porzingis for sure at that power forward yeah, spot and in, in having Hernan Gomez start at center. That's more of what that injury, you know, relates to me. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at with that game. It, it definitely, I think both injuries are key in, in picking what players you might want to, you know, use for your lineups. Moving over to the Magic and Raptors, Jeff Green will be out. He's missing his third straight game with a back injury. Kyle Lowry, no, is going to be missed uh, with his in, with a wrist injury that he suffered. Man, is it like a month ago now he's missed that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Still no real timetable for his return, which makes me really kind of hope that the Bucks do end up getting that five spot so they can face the Raptors in the playoffs. Because I think a, a Raptor, a Lowry, Lowry, Lowry less <laughs> Raptors, man, that is a tongue-tying thing to try and say uh a lowerly less ooh, uh raptors team against the bucks i like that matchup quite a bit for right yeah. so uh and dfs purposes really the only injury to note i think is to mark carroll he's a game time decision for monday's game he's missed or he missed saturday's game with a back injury 
that PJ Tucker and Norman Powell got more minutes. I think PJ Tucker in particular is the guy that you'd want to target in that situation. Yeah, I think PJ Tucker had, you know, I think he hit the 30s in minutes. So he's going to get the starters workload for sure if, if Carroll ends up sitting out. And, and is definitely a guy we talked about with that, that coveted cross category production. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's definitely someone to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, Cavs Spurs, not really big injuries here. Mon Shumpert game time decision he sat out saturday's game uh if he misses with that knee injury jr smith could see more time that's also because kyle corver will be out he's uh missed seven games earlier this march um with this same foot injury so this could be an interesting thing to watch they honestly might shut him down just for until playoffs entirely because i think corver is an integral piece in their playoff lineup but not so much their regular season lineup and on the spurs side dehante murray will be out with a groin injury thunder mavericks not really any news for injury goes and then grizzlies kings marcus saul is a game time decision he sat out sunday's game with a foot injury zach randolph started in his place didn't actually do that well i was kind of looking up his numbers before um and with uh, Willie Collie Stein playing, maybe Randolph wouldn't be a great play even that, but he does have a depreciated price at the power forward spot, um, which is something to consider. And the Ty Lawson game time decision, he missed Sunday's name, Sunday's game as well with a knee injury. Finally, the Pelicans and Jazz, I had talked about this a little bit earlier. Demarcus Cousins is a game time decision. He sat out Sunday's game with an ankle injury that led to Dante Cunningham starting his place and getting nearly 20 FanDuel points for a minimum price. I like Cunningham as another small forward option. However, there are quite a few small forwards that you could target for today's slate. Yeah, I'm not riding too hard on the Cunningham train. I think he's limited a little bit on his upside, and I think you're right that the, the, the other players at that position are probably going to be more um, more intriguing. If for it me. wasn't the Jazz, I would be more interested in Cunningham, but the Jazz yeah. are pretty good defensively at every spot. Um, and if I'm looking for a low-target guy who's going to be getting 30-plus minutes, I'd rather pay up an additional 300 or 400 for a, a small forward cheaper option, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, than as opposed to Cunningham so Gordon Hayward is another guy I mean this is a big injury for DFS but also for the Jazz he's a game time decision with a quad injury he hurt it on Saturday x-rays did come back negative but if he misses Monday games Monday's game that could be more for Joe Johnson or Joe Ingles that situation scares me a little bit because they've kind of switched out what they've done they've used some Joe Johnson at power forward they've used you know a bunch of guys you know in different positions so that that scares me a little bit that i don't know exactly what they're gonna do um i think that's the late game too so that's tough that we're not gonna really right, get yeah um you know a specific set of players that's gonna start so that's that that true. scares me a bit and you know might make me look elsewhere but it's still something to monitor for sure we may get there's there's potential for us to get news beforehand before the lineup locks so it's still something to something to check out the Jazz also will see Derek Favors sit out with his knee injury. He's missed quite a few games recently. And then Shelvin Mack, not much of a DFS priority, but he is a game-time decision with the ankle injury. We broke down a lot of the injuries, but Ben, assuming DeMar DeRozan is your favorite shooting guard option, who's your second favorite option for today's uh, six-game slate? It is. It's so ugly. That's why shooting I asked the question. It's so ugly behind DeRozan. Um, but if I had to choose, I'd probably go either Wesley Matthews at 4,500 or, or Contavious Caldwell-Pope at 4,400. You know, both guys to me are kind of essentially the same exact player when it comes to their FanDuel point output. You know, they have decent ceilings for their price in the mid-4,000s, but, you know, both kind of have that pretty low floor where they just drop on any given <laughs> night. So that that's kind of scary gives that higher risk high reward type of type of player um but i mean for the purpose of picking one i'm probably sticking with matthews i think he's been more consistent of late um so i'm I'm leaning towards him the shooting guard spot is this is this is tough this is just a tough slate if you are not choosing to go with demar Derozan, 
I almost wonder if this is just like we're punting entirely here and let's just go with some random options. So it's really tough for me to pick a second favorite option. DeMar DeRozan's priced in the 9,000s. The second highest guy is Victor Oladipo, your boy, at 6,000 <laughs> for his price tag. So we have a $3,000 difference between the top or the top guy and the second top guy. If I had to pick my favorite, my second favorite option, I'm probably going with Buddy Heald, and it's not just because I like to say his name and, and talk about how much we love him. I think he's finally priced to where he should be at 5,400. And he's going against the Grizzlies, so that's not really a you know, great option. But we're, we talked about a little bit earlier, what did the Kings have to play for? Absolutely nothing. I mean, they're, they're trying to stink on purpose yeah. to keep their yep. pick. So get your young guys as many minutes as possible. He's been scoring a lot lately. He's actually got 25 or more Fanduel points in each of the last four games and six in the last eight. So he's scoring plenty of points, especially for a 5,400 price tag. I, I mean, that's five times the value. He's been getting well over that, at least in the last three games. There's no reason for the Kings to play any other person besides Buddy Heald. So even with the tough Grizzlies matchup, I think that he's an all right option at 5,400. Yeah, I definitely toyed with the fact of using using Heald, too. I think that it could be solid. They're another lineup that really scares me, though, because they've been randomly resting people. It's been veterans, so it's not going to be Heald. They're not going to rest Heald. That, that's that's for sure. Right, but, exactly. you know, they've been randomly resting Aflalo and Lawson and Kyle. <laughs> it, it's... It's weird. So it would be nice if they actually, you know, do end up resting one of those those guys to benefit healed in that that kind of wing 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 sort of position. Um but even yeah, he's he's played pretty well. I, I do like that. And I think if they do rest some 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 other guys as well, um that could that could definitely benefit his value. We spent a lot of time talking about the MVPs earlier, so we're gonna have to kind of cut this would you rather question a little bit short. Uh, but Ben, I'll give you this. Would you rather start Joe Johnson, Joe Ingles, PJ Tucker, Mindigus Kuzmingisk? assuming each one of the people above them is ruled out for this game so we're talking about gordon hayward ruled out we're talking about um i'm talking about carmelo anthony ruled out and then i'm blanking right now on the raptors one because i'm you know just so frazzled by our mvp talk but yeah pj tucker getting the start instead at the small forward spot if demar carroll is ruled out so which one of those guys i mean there's four options and honestly you could throw in um if i'm sorry if anthony davis is the lone starting guy that means dante cunningham would get the start at power four but he is listed as a small forward on Fanduel. so five options who would you choose from of those five i like the scoring threat that kuzminskis provides but i think tucker is the safer option because of his multi-category production so even if he doesn't really score um he's gonna get rebounds he's gonna get assists he's Got, he's probably gonna get a couple steals um so he kind of does everything across the board which makes me feel more safer using using tucker um i, I do think kuzminska has some upside as well um but I, i'm he's a little more seems a little more reliant on scoring so i feel more comfortable using tucker at one of those cheaper prices we'll get into a little bit more as we talk about our lineups for monday's slate um but i i have to agree with you i think tucker probably is pretty good i, I don't i don't think kuzminska is really that bad of an option either i think Honestly, that Carmelo Anthony is more likely to be out than DeMar Carroll. I think both likely will be. But if I had to choose one or other, I think it's Anthony. So that's the only reason why I'm leaning that way. But again, we'll get into that a little bit more as we discuss our lineups. Before we get to that and before we get to the RotoWire Optimizer lineup, let's first get a word from Pristine Auctions. Ben, we've been discussing a long time now uh, my love for autograph memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been a user of Pristine Auctions. I have acquired a David Johnson autograph. And now just recently... We picked up a Frank Kaminsky set. And Ben, I think that you actually have a Frank Kaminsky item now, too. I was definitely just gifted. I, I walked <laughs> into the office today, got this beautiful photo of Frank against Kentucky, which is the best part of it because we took them down in the Final Four and yeah. did their perfect season. We got a signed Frank Kaminsky 
It looks like he's about to just do a beautiful little finger roll over Willie Collie Stein. It is beautiful. I targeted Thank you very that, much. I targeted that <laughs> item specifically for you. It was a great price because all pristine auction items are pretty great. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're looking at the daily auctions, which I love. Um, special shout out to the Chris Tapps Porzingis $20 sign ball I like today. Kevin Durant sign ball, also $20 at the current, current moment, too. I'm sorry. I, I love those items. But, yeah, particularly that picture. I thought it looked pretty great. It's fantastic. You could you could frame that. You can have it here yep. in the office on your desk uh, and kind of show off to all the people that love Frank the Tank here in Wisconsin. True. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. That, I mean, the pristine auctions, they have great items to sell. I love the fact that we know it's a guaranteed signature from our boy Frank yep. uh, because it comes with a certificate of authenticity. We, when you're bidding on these items, and which I did for the Frank one, I only had to pay for it at the end there. I, I think it was like three bids that I had to bump it up to its price. And fantastic deal. I didn't have to pay until I won. It was awesome. It's pretty quick and easy to register for pristine auctions, too. Go ahead and check them out if you can. Let, let them know that RotoWire sent you. It's a great place to get your memorabilia from. All right, let's go ahead and get to the RotoWire Optimizer page. Man, I'm intrigued by this lineup. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts about this in particular, too, because. This would normally be counter to what you like to do, but enough foreshadowing of it. The the Rotoway Optimizer is suggesting Derek Rose as your first point guard option going against the Pistons. He's priced at 5,900. His counterpart in that, Corey Joseph, will be going against the Magic at 4,800 for his price tag in the Rotoway Optimizer lineup. DeMar DeRozan, we talked about him more. He's going against the Magic as well at 9,200. Uh, Contavious Colwell Pulp going against the Knicks, a guy like you kind of like as the shooting guard option. He's priced at 4400 Kawhi Leonard against the Cavs at 9100 and Carmelo Anthony. The optimizer is assuming Anthony is playing. I think that's probably not a fair assumption, but for this, we'll go ahead with that. Going against the Pistons at 7000 Lamarcus Aldridge, Aldridge is going against the Cavs, 7300 for his price tag. Chris Tepps Porzingis going against the Pistons at 6700 And then Paul Gasol rounds out the RotoWire optimizer page going against the Cavs, 5600 Ben, give me your thoughts on this lineup. Yeah, I think the strategy is pretty solid. You know, avoiding those top three or four salaries and instead using DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard in the 9,000s. I'm not a huge fan of the matchups for Westbrook, LeBron, or Anthony Davis. Um, You know, Davis's value would probably take a bump for sure if DeMarcus sits out. So I could go back on that. But I mean, it's still against the Jazz, I believe, right? So that's that's a little sketchy for me. So I think DeRozan and Leonard seem to be the better play um, in trying and build around those guys. so I'm, I'm definitely going with the optimizer on that road. I'm, I'm definitely not touching Carmelo Anthony with a 10 foot pole. Uh, <laughs> like we said, there's been reports that he's trying They're trying to scale back his minutes. He's injured. I don't, don't, don't touch Carmelo. No. That's get, get away from there. I'm also not a huge fan of Derek Rose. Um, that's more of a personal, you know, vendetta. Uh, he's burned me in the past. So, um, I, I, I'm trying to avoid him as well, but, um, but otherwise I, I really do like the overall strategy. I think, I think, probably building around DeRozan and Leonard seems seems like the right play for me and see I I absolutely disagree with the strategy there's nothing wrong with the lineup I, I mean we we have our bones about Carmelo and Anthony obviously I think the optimizer would take that out if he knew for certain that Anthony's out like we are assuming um I actually don't mind Derek Rose as a play at point guard but I I get it with your frustrations and others too that's that's fair he's burned plenty of people that being said, we have done these exact same lineups plenty of times when we do these Monday podcasts, when we've looked at the two, three, four, five game sets on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And what do we consistently see? It's the high-priced guys mixed with some low-ball options that we're able to get with these lineups. And that's why I'm stunned that you, of all people, are suggesting we go down. We're not paying up here. We have a guy like Russell Westbrook at twenty or 12900 who is by far the most high-priced guy there. But then we also have a bunch of 9,000 guys and a whole bunch of scrub players that are going to get a ton of minutes. 
to me, this seems like a perfect time for us to use our knowledge that we've gained from that Sunday stuff where we, we see the perfect optimizer, we see who normally does well, and take advantage of it. This is, this is not a time to, to spend low, honestly. I don't know. I, 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 I get that you're maybe touting some of these higher. I just I hate the matchups, and, and whenever I'm using a top guy, I want that to be the perfect matchup where I, I'm guaranteeing he's he's providing value for 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 his huge contract. You know, with Westbrook, it's a, actually surprisingly the Mavericks play yes, extremely well against they do. point guards. Um, LeBron, he's didn't have that great of a showing Spurs, the other day. He's gone up against the Spurs. And then you got you know Davis against the Jazz. I just I just don't like him. I mean, normally, like you're right, I, I would try and go for something bigger with the, with this sort of slate um, and, and these these options that we have. But I I honestly think some of the middle tier guys are going to be better um, than some of those like cheap $3,900 contract. So I, I'm, I'm still going to try and play it a little safer. Well, let's get, this to, time let's, around. Let's get to our lineups yeah. and kind of break it down. I, honestly, I'm looking at both of them right now and I have a hard time passing on mine if I was to choose which one to go with, but let's go ahead and get down to it. So Ben, who do you have at the point guard spot for Monday's uh, six game slate? Yeah. So I'm going Mike Conley uh, against the Kings 7,900 and in George Hill, uh, against the Pelicans for 6,100, two middle tier guys. Um, you know, for Mike Conley, over the last five games, the Kings have given up the most Vandal points to point guards. Um, so that should provide Conley a great opportunity to post uh, some strong numbers. You know, not only is it a good matchup, uh, you can't really argue with his price. You know, upper 7,000s, that's fairly decent. Well, he's been in the 8,000s before. End? Isn't that on the higher end of what he has been recently? I don't know about recently. Uh, I think in the season he's had, I think he started okay. a little, little cheaper than that. Gotcha. Um, but you know he's been in the eight thousands as well, so it's still a little bit of a break from from what he's been. Um, I think that game is going to be slower paced than even what we are anticipating. Like, could it be low eighties for both of these guys? What I know, I'm I'm touting Buddy Heald as a pick, and again, I mean, I guess not really a surprise he is in my lineup for tonight. But I'm really not anticipating to get more than fifteen points. I'm just expecting a lot of rebounds and other stuff. I don't. I don't see either of those teams cracking a hundred, much less ninety. Honestly, no, I, I agree. I think it could be could be a, a lower, you know, over under type of game here. But you know, Conley's been one of the most consistent thirty Fanduel point floors type of players in you know that I've seen. Um, so I'm I'm fully comfortable, you know, going with that despite the you know the maybe the the slower paced game. That's um, fair. But yeah, and then with George Hill, the Pelicans like the Kings previously they're not that great. Um, I'm, I'm fading Westbrook, so that kind of allows me to get those two middle tier guys, like I was just mentioning. I, I think I like some of the middle tier options better than trying to, you know, pay up and, and take some really cheap guys. Um, and Hill's another guy that usually likes to hover around that 30 Fanduel point mark. I mean, mm-hmm. he's definitely not as consistent as as Conley, nowhere near as that like like that. But um, you know, no Gordon Hayward that it, potentially that could mean you know upper upper usage for hill and um even if hayward's limited or anything like that that's that's hill's you know points to gain so i think that could be another great option i liked george hill for that exact reason that if and i'm kind of expecting when gordon haired gordon hayward will be ruled out um that hill would kind of take on more of a a scoring load we have rudy gobert that's going to be doing that i get that but there really isn't another guy on that team um besides maybe rodney hood that I'm anticipating will pick up the scoring load. And Hill's going to get 30-plus minutes, so I'm fine with that one at 6,100. Uh, and I like the, the Conley play. I get that, but I would rather go with Russell Westbrook. So he's in my lineup at 12,900. Uh, you've said this before, and I, I do believe that, and this is all kind of the case for James Harden when he's not hurt, that Russell Westbrook is matchup proof. They're, they're, I know the Mavs are pretty good defensively, but he is matchup proof, and especially we know he's going to get a guaranteed at least 50 Fanduel points. There's just... 
I know first price tag is high, and I normally don't go there, but when there are so many other cheap options that we can use to fill up our lineups, I like him quite a bit. And I'm going with Corey Joseph as my other point guard option. He's been he's been a disappointment. I don't think there's anything else you can say. After uh, Kyle Lowry's been ruled out with that injury, he hasn't done a lot. Um, but the Magic really aren't great defensively against point guards. They aren't great defensively against anybody. They're kind of pseudo I'm sorry, pseudo pacers in that sense where we don't really think about them as a poor defensive team, but well, there's a reason why they're at the bottom of the Eastern standing. So uh, I like Corey Joseph at 4,800. I think you can do worse. I would probably rather have one George Hill if I could have. And honestly, if I could have slid Dante Cunningham in one of the power forward spots, that would have freed me up to get George Hill. But alas, he's listed as a small forward. So we're stuck here. Yeah. And I, I, try, I won't try and fight you too, too much harder on, on Westbrook. Yeah. I, um, that would be bad. Yeah. But Corey Joseph, I, I think that's a solid play. He's, he's not that great of an upside, but he's pretty consistent in that mid twenties right. type of type of thing. And for 4,800, I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. I mean, here, I mean, here's probably the better question. So do you think Mike Conley and George Hill combined will score more than Russell Westbrook and Corey Joseph combined? I think they could. I, I definitely think they, I, they no, could. I think they, they, I think they could, will, but I'm yeah. asking will. That's the question. I think they will. You think they will? I think there's a very good shot at that. So you're I think talking the, about the Mike Conley is a 30 point floor and then George Hill is kind of a 35 point ceiling when Russell Westbrook, his floor is combined that against the team that gives up the lead. I know it matchup proof. I get it, but it gives up the least in the league amount of points. It's to, a compelling argument. I don't know. I don't think obviously we're going in different directions, but I don't think either side is wrong. That's, that's the kind of fascinating part about this and DFS. I sound like a, a nerd right now. As I'm talking <laughs> about, but yeah, I think that's the fascinating part that I can't really pick apart either person's argument. I, I will see take place on the court, but yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. I think the, we're pretty similar on the shooting guard spot. I have DeMar DeRozan at 9,200 in my lineup, frankly, because I didn't want to punt at that spot. And I don't know who else to go with at shooting guard. My other guy's buddy healed. I talked about him before as my favorite second option at uh, shooting guard. That's really not come as a surprise. There's just, there's not a lot at all at that shooting guard spot. And there's not even like 3,500 guys either. It's all 6,000 to 4,500 guys you're like eh, shrug your shoulders and just kind of click and play kind of yeah it, it's hard to go anything under than like 4,500 for these guys it's, it's yeah so ugly I mean I like I, I'm, I'm with you fully on DeMar DeRozan we already went into our shooting guard options well you, you like Buddy Heald I mm-hmm. like Wesley Matthews more of that um so we, yeah we probably don't have to go into that but um DeRozan I think is one of the easiest plays of the night I, in, I, in my opinion and I think honestly here, my other easiest play is Kawhi Leonard against the yeah. Cavs yeah um at 9,100 as a small forward option the only reason the only reason you don't play him is because there are a lot of other cheap small forward options to use i mean we talked about them a little bit earlier when we were saying the guys that are going to be out are we expecting to be out uh, like joe johnson joe ingles um, even like uh like those guys there are a lot of different small forward spots so if you want to pay up for an anthony davis you probably have to pay down at the small forward spot but i think Kawhi leonard's a guy you can't take out of your lineup this is this is a prime time matchup against the Cavs. this is a, a seeding implication not only for the eastern conference but for the western conference too and i think that the spurs kind of want to have one of those all right we're here we're going to kick your butt kind of games and i think leonard is a key part in that and then my other small forward guy mindigus kazminskis we talked about him a little bit before i like him as the best of the worst options uh, best of the scrub options maybe that's a better way of putting it i'm expecting carmelo and anthony to be out this guy's been putting up at least 25 fandle points when anthony has been out i don't even care that they might go in other directions kazminskis is definitely one of the best cheap options to use at small forward at power forward, I'm kind of 
I guess, uh, more or less punting on this because I didn't feel like there was enough value to go elsewhere. Serge Ibaka is going to be one of my power forwards going against the Magic, kind of a, in a, I guess, really a, more of a rivalry game, um, a rematch game, so to speak. 5,700 is price tag. He was one of the last guys I was able to fit into my lineup. I don't think it's a bad play by any means, but um, I think there's probably better options out there just based on the value that I was able to find in other spots paying up for Russell Westbrook, paying up for DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard. I had to kind of go cheap at these last two. So Bach is one of my options. And my other one is Michael Green at 4,100. You know, I'm thinking if Marcus Gasol is out, Zach Randolph slides in. Michael Green might have to play a little bit more. And in fact, the Kings really struggled to stop the power forward spot. So this is a wildly erratic punt play almost, I feel like, uh, at 4,100. It's, it's not too bad. If I'm looking for him to get 20 points, I think that's easily reasonable enough but um i honestly probably would switch this around a little bit more if i knew for certain a few of these guys would be out based off injury yeah i I think you have a good a good solid you know if green or i should say if gasol sits up i think green's a valid option he played 31 minutes um yesterday so he's gonna get almost a starter's workload so i I don't think there's any real gripe with that especially at a 4100 price so i i think that's better than what you're what you're stating it as um and then abaka is abaka he I, I think he's pretty solid he's a guy that can get you 30 30 some yeah. fandle points no um no carol so maybe even a couple extra shots who knows um so i think that's fair as well i'm actually going to lamarcus aldridge uh against the cavaliers myself for 7300 and in uh christops Przingis against the pistons at 6700 you know with aldridge he's kind of like conley he's a guy that's got a pretty safe floor at that 30 fandle point mark um, been playing extremely well of late too and against the Cavs I mean that those are two premier programs going to or yeah, organization say programs um, it's fine <laughs> I feel like way. I'm talking college ball all of a sudden um, but organizations that are I mean I, it, that's I think that's gonna be like playoff intensity type of type of basketball so um, I, I think I think Aldridge is valid uh, and then Porzingis you know I'm picking that almost on the belief that Carmelo Anthony's gonna sit out as well it's like George Hill with Hayward that's it's gonna be Porzingis has a higher usage more points available without Anthony so I think at, at that nice middle tier $6,700 price I, I really like that as well you are going chalk on the rotoware optimizer for power forward spot yeah that's interesting did you know that beforehand i don't think so <laughs> i knew they had uh porzingis for sure well, no, which yeah, is which a right. fine option yeah especially yeah. with anthony out i just thought that was interesting that you're going chalk with the road wire optimizer on that and then uh i guess rounding out my lineup and really yours too we're going to both go with willie hernan gomez as our center option going against the pistons at 5100 i'm expecting again Melo to be out which would open the door for hernan gomez not only to get some more rebounds but also to get some more scoring opportunities. I think that's kind of how we have to look at this. Somebody has to pick up the load, um, and whether it be Kuzminskis or whoever else, I think Hernan Gomez factors in on that. Yeah, and even not even adding on to Mellows, you know, Lance Thomas too. So if he sits out, that's even more minutes True. for him. I mean, he True. had 36 minutes on Saturday for, for Hernan Gomez. So that's a pretty huge workload for, for a guy that's, solid with double doubles um double double type production when he gets the minutes so i, I do like that for a low five thousands price well we kind of talked about this when we were saying our lineups but honestly i'm looking over this i would much rather have a lineup that has russell westbrook demar derozan and Kawhi leonard in it than a lineup that sports just derozan leonard and then some hodgepodge of six thousand plus guys like i know that we're looking at we primarily are focusing on double up lineups when we are doing these but this gives me a little bit more of a tournament aspect too when we're including russell westbrook in there i think i, I think those hodgepodge of middle tier guys that that group is is going to get me more, no one, more production the, when you add george hill and lamarcus aldridge don't scream oh my god awesome dfs plays to me they scream 
high floor to me. They scream That's 30, not a fun thing 30 to fandom scream. points easy. That's not a fun thing to scream. And then if they both do have good production against the Cavaliers team, which is probably one of the surprisingly with the Spurs, even that game is even going to be one of the higher over-unders in the, in the night. Um, so, I mean, everything's going to be kind of a lower-paced um, game, specifically for, for the tonight's slate over the six games. Like, there's no one specific contest that's like, oh, this is this is the one I'm targeting. So, I think, yeah, I think it's this is completely... I'll, I'll give you this. Okay, time to I'll give you this that um, you've done better in competitions recently against me. Um, now you've had the benefit of a foresight most times where you're able to change your lineup at the last second based True. off of what we've been True. seeing. I'm even thinking last like when last week when Laverne was starting at the center spot, and I yeah. had no idea because yeah. I'm not doing the notes like you are right <laughs> as right as tip off is going on. But um, I, I would I would bet that if these two lineups stayed the same, if we knew the same information and that, that stays true throughout the, uh, well, my chair is just breaking randomly. Uh, if the information stays through my lineup, would be the best one. I would be willing to put money on this. The listeners can hold me up to this. If this is the case, we could tweet out pictures if that's what it is. But I, <laughs> I think that this line at the one that I've constructed, at least with Westbrook DeRozan and Leonard is going to have far more of a high ceiling, whatever you want to call it, as opposed to your George Hill and LaMarcus Aldridge team. That's that's an agree to disagree point. All right. Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> the beauty of DFS is we will see this play out tonight true. as true. everything's going on. So uh, that does it for us in the Monday NBA DFS. Make sure to tune back in Wednesday as we discuss more DFS action. Ben, where can the people find you at Twitter? You can get me at Benman Doing Work. Still the best Twitter handle at Road Awareness. For me, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Again, we'll be back Wednesday to talk some more DFS hoops. See you then.